Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30. 35. 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. Today we have a super fun episode. Fall football is officially back. We are right under a month until the season starts. I think the countdown is 27 days as of right now. So we're super excited for Auburn football to be back. Fall camp has started. We're about two practices in at the time that we're filming this podcast. And let's just jump right into it. Just kind of Wheeler, what are your kind of opening thoughts about how fall camp has kind of started? What are some kind of players that you're really watching this fall, who are some players that you're excited to see, some players that you're excited to see take that next step. Just kind of where's your mind at in this first week of fall camp before that first scrimmage coming up? Well, first I want to say congratulations to you for keeping your name the same the entire time we've been on the podcast. (laughs) You know, starting every podcast with, as always, my name is Noble, as if someday it's going to magically change. (laughs) Um, never know man never know everybody you're gonna come back same voice and you're gonna be like hello my name is johan <laughs> people are gonna be like whoa <laughs> that's why he was always saying as always my name's noble anyway no uh fall camp getting started um fall camp is one of those things that is super fun if you're a fan uh because football season is rapidly approaching and sucks if you are a player or a coach and Brian Harson basically said that in his uh, opening remarks, where we learned that the Auburn beat has a band nerd, and that's about the most athletic thing that the beat has. Um, shout out to us trying to get press passes. If anybody has a connection, let it happen. We can talk about fall camp with Brian. Uh, so, yeah. Let's see. Who am I expecting to be a standout player that I want to – okay. So, first of all, these first couple of practices, typically you don't hear that much. Um, You know, it's the media is not going to be there for any of the seven-on-seven periods or anything like that. Um, They do let the Auburn Instagram in there. Uh, They kind of did our guys at Calzada dirty by posting a pick six that he threw on Instagram. Uh, Honestly, the comments were not that angry. I don't know if they deleted all of the angry comments or – People just weren't paying attention because they just saw, like, it was not the first video that they posted, and they were just like, oh, pick six, and people didn't freakishly zoom in like I did to try and see who was throwing pick six. I did the exact same thing, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, um, it was a bad one, too. I mean, it's not – the DB didn't make a good play or anything. The DB got cooked by the receiver, and he threw it about five yards behind. Um, So that was tough. Um. Let's see. Other than that, we've got, you know, 
we're not gonna we talked about on the Instagram live about the uh TJ Finley incident. And you know, the TJ Finley incident, it was just a bit ridiculous in my opinion. I think it was way blown out of proportion. Um the fact that it got on Yahoo's front page of news for the day that Auburn's quarterback got arrested, it was just eh, that was silly. Um also I am excited to hear reports about Jeffrey Imba. Dude looks like just an absolute physical freak out there. Um, hear how he's able to plug up holes um, and, you know, maybe be able to rush the passer a little bit because I think with someone that size, you kind of expect the run-stopper mentality. Um, but can you get a little bit more than you got out of Tony Fair last year? I think Tony Fair did a great job in the run defense, but can you get just a half – well, compared to Tony, can you get a step faster um, to ru- to put some kind of pressure on the quarterback? Even if you just have the – they have to account for you, that's going to be more helpful because in the pass rush, I mean, Tony wasn't getting there. You could leave Tony unblocked, and he couldn't run seven yards in under three seconds. So, you know, I think that's, uh, that's something that you look at – I'm excited uh, – Cam Riley is someone that I'm really excited about to see how they develop um, because, you know, Eugene Asante gone for the spring because of uh, his father passing away, which is, you know, really a tragic story. Um, but as far as football is concerned, you know, it's it's difficult to, one, miss spring practice, and then, two, I can't even imagine, like, all of the emotions that go along with your dad passing away. and so you know, can he bounce back um, to be able to be productive for the defense this fall coming into a new school? Um, So, yeah, I think Cam Riley is one of those guys that you consistently hear, like, has the body, has the athletic build. He has the NFL size and speed. Does he have the NFL instinct? So just can he see the play developing so that he's using that size and speed? because that would be a massive development, not only for Auburn, I mean, but for him personally. So he's a guy that I would look at that I really think Christian Robinson is going to try and develop. I mean, obviously, he's trying to develop everybody, but that's a dude that is on your campus that you could potentially make an NFL player that has not been a starter for a few years. So that's exciting. And then Robert Woodyard, it's really tough to come in as a true freshman and play linebacker. Owen did do it, but honestly, if y'all remember back to Owen's freshman year, he kind of started playing more towards the middle of the season. Um, He played the whole season, but he got more and more snaps as the season went on, and I would expect that same kind of thing to happen with Woodyard. Um, But other than that, I I feel good about the defense. As far as the offense goes, it kind of sounds like the receivers are already impressing. From what I've heard, it sounds like the receivers have been a little bit more consistent I know that it's just stupid drills like where you're just throwing the pass, you know, the wide receiver coach from like five yards away where they're trying to keep their toe in. And people, you know, say don't get excited about that. But I remember last year watching those drills on YouTube from like the first five minutes of practice. And it was kind of frightening. And I, yeah. we went to that one practice that time that they had in Jordan Hare and we were like one of 20 people there. And there was like an alarmingly high number of drops against no defender, not even a quarterback, like, zipping it to you. It was our friend Cornelius um, 
you know, lobbing them the ball and they kept dropping it. And I just watched the video from both the veterans and from the, the young guy practice significantly better. Like the drops that were dropped were just, I mean, Ike is not a quarterback. And so it was just a bad throw. I mean, you can't throw a perfect ball or a catchable ball to 10 guys every single time. Um, I am interested. Why do you think we're still throwing the ball to the receivers when we have this fancy jug machine that they have put us all over their Instagram saying reduces drops and had like the off season, you've got videos of them using it. I want to know where that jug machine is. Like are the tight ends using the jug machine? I don't know. Questions to ask the media. Where did the jug machine go? But yeah, I'm excited. Um, Don't know if you've seen a lot of the, I can't remember who it is, but there's somewhere in the facility and they have like offensive player of the day, defensive player of the day, special teams player of the day, and uh, unit of the day. And the people that have been popping up on that board have been, I mean, exciting to see. Uh, Damari Austin, somebody we talked about on the live is probably going to be the third running back in off the bench. Um, and you had a couple of other guys that you were hoping would step up, uh, kicker one unit of the day one day. And that was slightly frightening, but I mean, you also need good kickers and that's been something that we've kind of struggled with. I wouldn't say struggled with the past couple of years though. We've not been as strong at the kicking position. It hasn't been as automatic as I think you would like. Obviously you've got an NFL you know, pro bowler that was your kicker before there's going to be slight drop off. Um, but uh, we got two guys at kicker right now. Don't know. That might become a battle. Like you really never know. And the fact that kicker one unit of the day, that's honestly great. In my opinion, we really need solid kicking. Um, I know that sounds super lame, but noble who, what are you looking forward to? What give me your monologue? Yeah, so I, I do agree with you about the kicker. I actually thought it was really kind of funny when I saw um, the new numbers. You know, McPherson got uh, that number 38, so he's going to be wearing the same number that Daniel wore while he was at Auburn. That was just kind of an interesting thing. Obviously, you know, no one gets excited about the kickers, but also if you have a kicker that's automatic from 45 and in, that wins you ball games. So I'm definitely excited about if we can have a consistent kicker, and that's something that we really didn't have last season due to, you know, whatever it was. But I do agree with you. I really think um, I really think Jeffrey Emba is a guy that I just think it's going to be a real game changer. I think that combining him and Jason Jones coming in with Marcus Harris, I think that the interior of our defensive line is going to be one of the better units we've seen in a while. Um, I really think it can be what we imagined Daquan Newkirk and Tyrone Truesdale were going to be. It can be what, what we thought that was going to be. I think that this defensive line can be that. Also paired with guys like Derek Call and Colby Wooden, because you remember that. I mean, the line in 2020 was still Wooden and Hall. It was just two years ago. So obviously, that defensive line unit is going to be better. I really think that they can be real game changers. Um, with linebacker, I really think that you know depth is just the biggest thing. If guys can step up, I'll be feeling good about that. If we can hear different names just coming out of that room, the thing that I thought was kind of the most interesting and this is I don't know this is just something that I've always liked as a position group is the safety room I think it's the most intriguing 
position group that we have. Because you've got Craig McDonald, Craig McDonald coming in from Iowa State. You've got Marquise Gilbert, the JUCO transfer. You've got Caleb Wooden as an incoming freshman as a three star. He's been getting a lot of praise from the staff. I just think that can be a really interesting group to watch and just kind of see how all that plays out. And really, that's been, I would say that's been a point of weakness the past few seasons is that we haven't had, we haven't had a season with two good safeties since 2019, I would say. You know, it, it keeps being like, you know, you had Jamie and Sherwood, who was good. Then you had Smoke Monday, who, you know, once he kind of changed his role, was more of a solid player. But you haven't really had that two safety kind of kind of strength point. So I think it'll be interesting to see if we can increase from that aspect. Um, Donovan Kaufman and Keontae Scott have been guys that have been getting some praise Really, I'm just – I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm more just excited about the, the smaller things. You know, everyone's obviously going to be talking about quarterback because that's the most important position on the field. Everyone's been wondering about that. But I really think that the, the little – kind of the little changes about a guy kind of switching positions or a guy kind of having that position battle in a lesser known, like the nickel spot or something like that, I think is, in my opinion, the more interesting part of this specific fall camp. But – I'm definitely very excited to see the first scrimmage and just kind of see how these players really play in their first, you know, kind of the your money's on the line. This is when you this is when you earn your playing time kind of moment. I'm excited to see who stepped up for that. Um, and also, you know, you mentioned it earlier, but I feel like we can go ahead and talk about this. You mentioned the whole TJ Finley situation with Yahoo kind of blowing the story out of proportion. In your opinion, do you think that Obviously, the media did cover it pretty severely. I mean, it was, you know, it was pretty publicized. Do you think that it was warranted? Do you think that it was a story? Do you think it should have just been something that just kind of happened and no one really talked about it? Or do you think it should have been blown up? And kind of what are your main thoughts from that whole situation? I love that you said warranted. The Auburn police thought it was warranted. Um, no, okay, so here's the deal. I think Auburn was hoping that it would not get blown out of proportion. The coaching staff knew about it before it happened. Um, before it's it not like known. Yeah. Yeah. And so, should the coaching staff have probably reached out to the media? I don't know because it's not that big a deal. Like, it got way blown out of proportion. He had a traffic stop. He ran away from the cop. I mean, do you know how many people probably, like, are driving down the interstate, see the blue lights, and take the exit, and, like, duck into a gas station every day? And that's basically what he did. Like, he's not wearing a helmet, which, I mean, is dumb. It's illegal. Anyone that has ever lived in Auburn for any period of time knows that the Auburn police, I think that they literally are responsible for building some of the buildings in Auburn solely that they can hide behind them. It's like they have their like three spots that they love. And I think that they pay for the entire city by that little speed trap, literally at the police station on Glen, where the speed limit goes from 45 to 30. They, the little light, that little grub mark where you can't turn right at the light. If you, meet anyone that has ever been in a sorority they have had a ticket at that light i it literally is like part of recruitment have you been pulled over by the grub mart but for taking a right like 
I feel like that's just a common thing. And then on College Street. So Auburn police, quite aggressive in pulling people over. Um, yes, I was pulled over in Auburn. Yes, I'm salty. Um, so no, this is a non-issue. This is ridiculous that this got put on the front page of anything. I So I was at work the other day when this happened. And all these Alabama fans were like, oh, Auburn being Auburn, bunch of hood guys. Comes out what it is. I'm like, literally, Matt Jones had two DUIs. And they said, no, he didn't. They Google it, find out he did. So they've literally, if you're an Alabama quarterback, you can like break the law that's going to actually hurt someone else or kill someone else. And nobody, twice, and nobody knows. And then you're an Auburn quarterback and you don't wear a helmet, which is an idiot thing to do. And everybody's like, oh, just another quarterback at Auburn stealing laptops. No, not an issue. And, I, think, I see, mean, we've made I think, our opinion on the podcast known. We don't think TJ's going to be the starter. If TJ's the starter, I think we're in trouble this year. But come on, man. Give the guy a break. See, I think my thing was, I do agree with you. It was, I mean, it's blown out of proportion. If this is, if this is TJ Finley last season, it probably is, it's not a story. If this happened last offseason, if this happens to even a starter, even if this happened to a guy like Owen Papo or any like a name like that, it wouldn't have been that big of a story outside of Auburn. But the thing is, the fact that it was the fact that it's a quarterback, first of all, makes it more of a story. The fact that he signed a deal with Amazon previously makes it a story, regardless of what the deal is. The whole, you know, Bleacher Report, ESPN was reporting, oh, Amazon signs their first NIL athlete, whatever. That makes it more of a story. The fact that he started a few games last season makes it a story. The fact that he almost beat Alabama makes it a story. It was just all those, just the culmination of all those things. Plus, you know, a lot of the media members are talking about the vicious quarterback battle that we have going on. I mean, if you follow Auburn football really closely, it really doesn't seem like there's that much of a QB battle going on. But I do think that just a culmination of all of these different things made it so much more of a story. But I do agree, it was kind of it was a pretty stupid incident altogether. He got arrested, he got out. It's over. Now we just move on. But I do think the jokes will live on the entire season. If he gets sacked, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough one. So hopefully TJ can avoid getting sacked as the failure to elude pressure jokes. Just you know, can kind of fall about. But. And you know anyway. that the guy is going to be that guy that is in your section that is telling the entire section what kind of protection we should have run on that one. And that if mm-hmm. he was the quarterback, he would have gotten rid of the ball there. And then he's going to make the elude joke, and you're going to want to just throw your drink at him halfway through the game. Oh, I can hear it now. No, boy, it pains me. How are they in every section? <laughs> Here's what we need. We need a reporting system of that guys, and we should put them all, put in, them the all in the same section next to the visiting fans. Every that guy in the stadium has to sit in the same section for a game. Oh, I, I I think that's a good idea. I'd be down for that. But and that guy, you know, they play the the song the band does. The let's go Auburn and they say, Where are we going? Ah, ha, ha. No, please stop. P- literally, <laughs> stop. So, 
that is Wheeler's theory for how we can get rid of that guy in the section. But speaking of section, you know, with the season coming up, one of the things that really comes with football games that people don't really think about as much as big recruiting weekends. And obviously Auburn just finished up their big cat weekend. So Wheeler, just kind of tell us what your thoughts were about big cat weekend. Obviously had some commitments with Adrian Posse and Nishard, uh, Nishard Lane uh, or Amon Lane. It's, you know, Nishard is his Instagram. But I think if you, you know, you kind of look at those kind of guys in uh, the class of 2024, you've got, uh, then you had later, you had Ashley Williams ended up decommitting the next day, committed to Auburn that week. Just kind of what was your thoughts about Big Cat Weekend? How that really, just kind of your thoughts going in, did, did Auburn meet expectations? Did you kind of, were you a little disappointed? What did you think about kind of the aftermath and how big that weekend was for Brian Harson in year two's recruiting cycle? Definitely met expectations, I think. Any weekend where you can get two commitments, um, the visitor list was significantly better this time than it was last year for Big Cat Weekend. Um, and, I mean, even though the commitments were for <clears throat> next year's class, that's going to be the first class that is. Recruiting is a two-year process. I mean, truly. So... This class is going to have more of Harson's fingerprints on it than the last one did, and the next one even more. That's going to be the class that I think is going to show what kind of a recruiter he is. You know, if he's able to flip Bo Hewley this time, that's a huge win. That's a program like defining thing. Look for the real battles between Georgia, Alabama, and Auburn to start in the next class because that's where you can start at the same time that Kirby and Saban did with those guys. So, I mean, I'm pleased with it. It was nice to actually have a decent visitor list for Big Cat Weekend. Again, it actually felt like a Big Cat Weekend. And look for if we uh, have a good football season this year for recruiting to pick up significantly because recruiting is actually pretty solid proportional to what we did at 6-6 six and six last season. Yeah, and I also think it's important to look at the you know the average you know like if obviously the schools that have twenty two guys committed already yes they're going to be higher than we are with you know our amount of commits but I think if you look at the average rating per commit we're we're much better than it looks like obviously our recruiting ranking is not great but when it comes to how many commits we have it's much better than it looks and obviously more commits are going to come in the fall and more guys are going to sign in the early signing period. So I just think that's something where you're just kind of like, you know, just because you don't have as many commits does not mean your recruiting is as good. Auburn has all four stars in this class so far. We're doing okay with recruiting. Obviously everyone's asking about Bo Hughley. That's just, I mean, that's just going to be a battle up until December. I do think that we are, we're going to be able to get them on campus this fall and that should help with just kind of getting them in, letting them see just kind of how the atmosphere is going to be, all that good stuff. But I just – I really think that with a recruiting perspective, wins are going to be the most important thing. And obviously we've talked extensively about the first five home games, how important those are. But I also think from a recruiting aspect, if you start those games 5-0, and all of a sudden you're a 5-0 and team, you're ranked, you got guys coming in, and you're looking good, you know. So I definitely think that's going to be an important – kind of storyline to follow from recruiting as well as 
actual production on the field. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it always comes down to winning. <clears throat> and the frustrating thing is that people, people don't want to get excited because they always go back to the argument of, well, you got to do it on the field. And I'm like, the guy literally cannot do anything in that direction. Like, there, there hasn't been time to be on the field. Like, he can't rush the fall to be here and play a football game and win a football game. Like, he is doing everything that he can possibly do without winning on the field. And I think winning's going to come on the field this football season. But you can't win on the field until the football season starts. So, I'm excited for the season. <clears throat> I'm excited for the five-game home stint. I think we're going to be really good. Um, the Auburn Israel basketball game just wrapped up and SEC network is now showing the 97 SEC championship and I'm already pained again. Yeah. I've already turned it off, but I turned it off the second I saw that they were playing the 97 championship game. Cause I just didn't want to watch that again, but I think I they knew- thought, Oh, Auburn fans, you're excited. Your team just beat the Israel <laughs> national team by 40. Just remember no matter how close you get to greatness, your hearts will be ripped out. But I think that that will, and that kind of segues into our, you know, kind of next topic. You know, you, you've obviously been a little bit more optimistic and your kind of, your, your thoughts have changed through this season, you know, like through this off season, your mentality has changed. Cause obviously, you know, if you've listened to this pod long enough, you know, Wheeler is the emotion. He, he does not think he feels Okay. He has gone from predicting us to win four wins to making the playoff just in this one offseason. So, Wheeler, just kind of let everyone know, where are you, as we're a month out from football season, are you thinking that we're going to make the playoff? Are you thinking we're winning 10 games? Where are you at for just kind of this, this season? Your emotions have been flying around. Where are you at at this moment? 10 games, we're going to look absolutely incredible in the first two games, I can already tell you because our offensive line is going to be able to dominate those two defensive lines and we're going to be really high. Penn State's going to present a little bit of a challenge. I'm just going to say this though. If we push around Penn State and their defensive line, watch out. The crack is coming out. I am going to be playoff Wheeler. Full send playoffs. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think 10 wins, uh, 9 or 10. I think your Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and LSU games are going to be your swing games. Everything else is what I would consider a hard, like, you should win or uh, you should lose, but maybe you could win with Alabama and Georgia being the ones that you probably – talent-wise, should lose, and then the other ones being ones that talent-wise you should win. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I'm still sticking with my prediction of around nine wins, um, but I do agree with you. Talent-wise, I think that we'll I think we'll be okay. Um, but mainly, man, I'm just – I've gotten to that point in the season – in the offseason that I'm, I'm similar to where I was last year where I'm just ready – you know, you're just ready for, for it to be back. You know, it's like, you know, first two weeks, you've got Mercer, San Jose State, 
the team shouldn't have that much trouble with them. I'm not super worried about those games, but both are going to be at night. You're going to have Jordan Hare at night. It's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy. You're going to be seeing the hype videos. You know, uh, there were a couple players going live uh, the other day, just kind of as they were filming the hype videos and their little, you know, the little jungle kind of thing. Um, TJ didn't have his helmet and the players were very kindly reminding him about how important wearing a helmet is, which was a pretty funny aspect of that live, but just kind of the whole, the whole feeling, you know, like fall camp is back. Students are coming back on campus. It's just that feeling of fall in Auburn, Alabama is coming back. And I just could not be more excited. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun season. I'm, I'm just really excited for football to be back and, you know, hopefully those joy and memories are not just dashed and replaced with pain by week three, but we'll see. Yeah, hopefully by the end of – hopefully so that we're recording this on Sunday. Hopefully next Sunday the team will have had their first 11-on-11 scrimmage and the quarterback race is becoming a little bit more clear. I think that the stats coming out of that are going to be very telling – uh, I also think the fact that Robbie Ashford got sent to the freshman practice for the beginning half of camp tells me that it's really a two-man race between TJ and Zach. And then, you know, everybody was low up tight about the fact that TJ was taking the starter reps and Zach was taking the backup reps. But uh, you can't just let Zach come in in his first practice that he's full go playing quarterback and put him at first team and then have this, then continually say the earn it mentality. Yeah. Everything is earned. You got to do this. You got to do that. Like, I think it's just part of the process. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, we're we're gonna wrap up soon. And next next week we'll have two podcasts for y'all. We're gonna have a football based one and a basketball based ones to break down all of the, you know, all of the Israel foreign tour, that whole thing. That'll be a longer pod. But just real quick, Wheeler, just what were your thoughts about the Top Gun scene with the Auburn football, Brian Harson's in the QB room with all the QBs talking about the best of the best. What 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 was your feel about that that Top Gun scene? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved that. I loved that they made the like Daniel Mack, like, cool car, what do you do for a living? Wrong answers only. I love that the Instagram is actually, like, relevant and kind of fun. I mean, it was cheesy, but they were having fun with it, you know? And then having them say the exact lines from the movie, like, it's just fun stuff that's fun to make and showing that it's not all about the ball every single time. Like, you can't have fun. You can't have this. You can't have that. You just got to work, work, work. It's the grind. It's the grind. It's the grind. And that's what we needed. And that's what I love about it. Yeah, I do agree. I think that this team compared to last year's team has that difference that it's there are the mo. it's like it's almost like moments. There's all about the ball moments, but it's also like you've got the moments where you're like, we're having fun right now. I mean, you've obviously you have the paintball trip. You've got I mean, the players have talked endlessly about Jeffrey Emba and how. He just comes into a room and he just lights it up with just jokester. He's just funny without trying to be just kind of that air around the team that it's much more like just the guys are having fun, you know, like they're obviously they're all about the ball in workouts and the football practices, but there are still those moments where they're a team. They've got that chemistry. They're friends. 
they're having a good time. So I am excited for that and just to kind of see. Um, next week we'll have a little bit more. Um, and, you know, right now there, there are some guys uh, you know, like Camden Brown was a guy that got moved from the freshman practice to the vet practice. Things like that. Uh, Austin Ellsbury and J.D. Rhyme have been going over to the veteran practice uh, a decent amount as well. So next week we'll be able to talk a little bit more in depth about that when they've got a few more practices under their belt. Um, but right now they're just kind of getting in. They've been in shells. They're not really – they're not going full contact. But by next week we're going to have two podcasts for you all. We're going to have a football and a basketball separate podcast for – you know, the people that are just really hungry for some football content can get that fixed, and then they can get their basketball fix in too. Um, so we'll be back here next weekend, and we're excited for just the fall. And thank you guys again so much for listening. We really appreciate it. War Eagle. War Eagle.